these kids actually have a, in almost all cases, an opportunity for a superior socialization. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, a month or so ago, might have been like three or four months ago, you had suggested that we do a podcast, not series, but, you know, every 10 episodes or so called Homeschooling 101. Yeah, just to help people. So many people are now on the edges or coming into the world of homeschooling. Right. And there's lots of people who have opinions about the best way to do that. And we have opinions too. So why not share those? Why not? So we uh, are trying to do these on the fives. So every 10 episodes on the fives. And we're off a little bit here just because we had that incredible interview with Dr. Carol Swain and we wanted to launch that. I hope no one missed that. That was a good one. Link uh, in the show notes. Nobody's counting yeah. worrying about exactly whether we keep the schedule we say. Exactly. So just a, an admonition, that may be too strong of a word, a a reminder, a a plea to all of our listeners who may not be homeschooling, who may be teachers, who may be uh, parents who have their children in school. We don't want to exclude you from this conversation. At IEW, we are all things to all people. We support schools, private schools, public schools, those who choose to homeschool, those who are in a hybrid school setting where their Mm -hmm. kids are going two days a week with a professional teacher and mom or dad. Families living overseas. Yeah. Lots of families just looking to enhance their kids' school with quality experience at home. Yes. Academic opportunity. At what point do you become a homeschooler? Well, you know, Someone said to me once, and and it kind of became a tagline for a marketing idea, Mm. everyone homeschools. Every parent homeschools. It's just some do it full-time and some don't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you think about it, our childhood, I remember learning all sorts of stuff from my parents, Mm -hmm. from drill on the multiplication table sitting in the bathtub to, you know, the bedtime story culture that existed Mm – to playing board games that were educational. In fact, I'm pretty sure I learned where Irkutsk and Yakutsk are by playing Risk, Risk with yes. my family, you know. <laughs> so And learned how to say it correctly. I don't know that I – we've played plenty of rounds of Risk, and I don't know that we call it that. Well, I, I'm not sure I am either, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, but, you know, everyone learns so much mm-hmm. at home. Yep. And I think every parent can be more or, in some cases, less intentional about how that time is used. Sure. So even if uh, 
you know, you are a teacher or parent who is not fully homeschooling, I think you can look at the things we talk about, the things we do, the general homeschool world as a place Mm -hmm. to enrich your children's opportunities. And speaking as a former classroom teacher and as a former homeschooling parent, my sons are all adults and having children of their own now, uh, I can say confidently that a lot of education happened in both scenarios on field trips. And I think those those parents who have their kids enrolled in a full-time school might be surprised to hear how much schooling we, the Walkers, did at Disneyland. <laughs> you know, it, was just, it just became a, a lesson in physics or a lesson in, I don't know, crowd control or management or marketing or, you know. Well, for, for me, it would be just an entirely a lesson in suffering through misery <laughs> without complaining too much. But, you know, I do meet at homeschool conventions very often teachers mm-hmm. who are there to look for ideas, yep. to look and see what curriculum is being developed. And, you know, the homeschool world is kind of like the curricular Wild West mm-hmm. in that Anybody can put together something and go try to sell it. Exactly. Whether it's on etiquette, mm-hmm. which there's a whole curriculum on teaching proper etiquette to mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. to you know the the new little science kits or art or maybe sometimes they bump into a really good writing curriculum. So I think it's kind of fun for everyone to know what's happening mm-hmm. in the homeschool world. Right. Whether you're fully into it or not. Right. And, you know, as you mentioned, all those options when you go to a homeschool fair, I think of sometimes people just walk into that exhibit hall and just feel completely overwhelmed. And so our goal today to you listeners who may be considering, maybe you'll do this full time. We don't want to overwhelm you. (laughs) You don't have to run out and find an etiquette, art, or any other curriculum that Andrew mentioned, except possibly the writing curriculum. Right. Well, we could help you out with that. (laughs) I I think you have a good analogy for helping people prioritize, right? I do. I did not come up with this analogy. It's called the big rocks analogy. Can Can we come back to that big rock analogy? And first, can you answer the question, why you know, why did you want to do this episode? Why are more and more people considering homeschooling full-time right now? Well, I think that's kind of obvious, just given the way the world is. There are always certain considerations that parents have, which is, is this school I'm looking at or these school options a good fit for our family in terms of the child, in terms of logistics, in terms of the culture of that school. Certainly, a lot of parents come in because their children don't fit kind of the the middle zone of doing well in a classroom, either because they are gifted or talented or sharp or want to move fast and they, they want to go faster than the school will allow, essentially, or they get bored mm-hmm. in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the other end is kids who have a you know, a learning issue of some sort, some dysgraphia or dyslexia or some ADD or some spectrum issues. doesn't mean they're not smart, mm-hmm. but it does make it harder for them to be successful, you know, when you're basically having to stay, you know, in a desk, in a classroom mm-hmm. for a large chunk of the day with 20-some other kids in the room and 
that's just it's not a good fit. So first reason is a lot of parents are tuned into their kids saying, wow, this child is different than other children in some way. How can I meet his or her needs? Another thing um, is, you know, some parents kind of like to spend time with their kids. Imagine that. <laughs> and and some have discovered this because mm-hmm. of the whole period of time where most all schools were shut down because of the COVID year. Right. And they're kind of like, hey, this isn't so bad having my kids at home. We right. get to eat lunch together. We get to, you know, talk to each other more. I get to see what they're doing. They get to see what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a family bonding, mm-hmm. I think, that happened for Many people. Not everyone. I'm sure there are some people who are profoundly grateful that their children are not at home all day anymore. Mm -hmm. But I think there are a lot of people for whom it was somewhat of a pleasant surprise. I know I've talked to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, a lot of time this year I met a lot of people who said, yeah, we we stopped school halfway through and – it was so good, we just decided to continue. Right, yes. And I think those families would be the ones that maybe were thinking about homeschooling but didn't think they could actually do it. And now they learned it was actually possible. Yeah. Uh, it's not know, that an- hard. Another thing that parents sometimes realize is that, you know, when you're working with your children at home, more in a small group or one-on-one situation, mm-hmm. It's just more efficient, mm-hmm. and you don't need to take six, seven hours of the day to learn what you're learning. But, you know, even the best schools, because of the nature of the the environment and, and the dictates, there's a lot of downtime. Yep. It's a lot of logistics and kid management and mm-hmm. discipline and issues that aren't necessary mm-hmm. in different environments. And then some parents, I think— actually realized what their kids are getting because now they're seeing it and listening to the teacher and they never had done that before. Right. And maybe they don't agree with that Mm -hmm. either philosophically or on a faith basis or Mm -hmm. what kind of history are they really talking about or what kind of books are they really reading? Mm -hmm. Does that, does that line up with our family values? Right. Exactly. And, and then there's just, you know, a lot of people just have concerns like we don't know about this virus. We don't know about these vaccines. We don't know. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough information for yes. us to make a confident decision to go back into schooling. So a lot of people are on the edge or have dipped their feet in or mm-hmm. or just kind of inside the cell wall, so to speak. Right, right. The biological cell, not the prison cell. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> inside the, the wall saying, hey, it's it's good here. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that happens is when you kind of get into the world of homeschooling, you're very likely, in fact, it's almost impossible not to meet other homeschoolers. Exactly. And then you say, hey, these are good people and mm-hmm. these are good kids. And yep. they're not all exactly the same age, but they can play together. They can have co-ops and classes and extracurricular activities together. So a lot of reasons for parents to say we started reluctantly or hesitantly and we want to continue. Now what? So, listener, I am going to do something that may surprise you. I'm going to give Andrew the four points that he is going to cover today, and he's going to speak to them. 
How about that? You ready? As if this never happened As if this never happens, right? <laughs> yes, that's why I was saying this may surprise you, but it doesn't surprise us at all. Okay, so Andrew, the first point is just commit. Well, fortunately, we don't live in a place where it's all or nothing. Like there are some countries, if you say we're going to homeschool, it's virtually impossible to ever get back into the school system. We don't have that. We have a lot more flexibility because of our laws and policies and traditions that children, you know, can come in and out of schools, and it's not a big deal. And so you don't have to say, I will homeschool the rest of all of my children's lives mm-hmm. or till they leave home. <laughs> uh, it seems like it the whole life, but uh, you can just say, let's do it for a year right. too. So if you say, I'll do this for a year – that gives you that kind of safety net. Like if it doesn't work, we can always try something else. But it also gives you that decision power. You know, when you say, I'm going to do something, you know, like every day for a month Mm -hmm. or every week for a year, it changes the context in that you don't have to re-decide every day. Right. It's like, okay, I'm just going to do this every morning and that's the way it is. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, we know the power of this if we've ever tried to train our children to brush their teeth, you know. Mm-hmm. If you have to negotiate every day on whether you should brush your teeth or not, your life is hell. Mm-hmm. But if it's just, okay, we're going to do this every day. So the idea would be, okay, we're going to homeschool for a year. For a year. For right. a year. You, and, and, it, don't, and, and it might get tough in October. It will get tough. Yeah. Something will get tough. Mm-hmm. But if you know you're in it for the year, yeah. then – in May, you can look back, mm-hmm. reevaluate, yep. and say, okay, was it a net gain? Even there were hard spots and days we seemed to get very little done and arguments and frustration. Mm-hmm. That's normal for just life. Mm-hmm. But was, was doing that together in a homeschool context, mm-hmm. was it a net gain over not? And, and then you can decide for another year or not. Right. And listener, if that's you and – I know we're launching this early September. So if that's you and you're it's October and you're a little frustrated, just call our customer service team. That's kind of what we do in October, Andrew, is therapy. we just provide therapy. Yeah. Yes. You can do this. Okay, second point or second thing to do is to set realistic expectations. So for example, you kind of mentioned this already. In a classroom, you might be there eight o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon, whereas many homeschoolers start at nine and end at noon. How is that possible? Well, schools are set up in a way that kind of has to keep everybody busy mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. I know this. I taught first and second grade and we had something called seat work. And that was exactly what it was. It was to keep the kids in the seat. Right. So that we could do other important things with the, another group. So- yeah, so there's you know there's there's this large amount of time and everyone expects it to be filled. Sure. But what is everyone actually doing during all that time? Uh, often you discover there's all those holes and gaps and things, time that isn't being used, and that doesn't have to happen at home. Or the time can be used in other enriching, enjoyable ways. But I, I guess I'll tell a story that a friend of mine often tells of how he would come home. He would come home and say, how are you doing? How's it go? And she would say, it was a horrible day. We did nothing. I'm so frustrated. I feel like a failure. And then he would say, well, 
did you all read a little bit? She'd say, well, yeah. I'd say, well, did you do some math? Yeah. Did you do your Latin? Because that's <laughs> his thing. <laughs> yes. Well, then you did everything you really needed to get done. That's a success, sweetheart. Yeah, that's good. So you kind of have to have that attitude. You know, you, mm-hmm. you set your priorities. Uh, I think you call these the big rocks. Well, that's actually my next point, which it, is your priorities. Yep. Yeah. You, you, and, and what's the analogy here? It's something with rocks yes. so, in a jar or? Right. This is actually Stephen Covey, and okay. one of his principles. And it starts with the big rocks first. If you had a jar and rocks, small rocks and sand and big rocks to put in, if you put the sand and the little rocks in first, you will not have room for the big rocks. Ah. But if you put in the big rocks first, which in your friend's case was a little bit of reading, a little bit of bath, a little bit of Latin, I think for us it would be a little bit of writing, Writing, (laughs) then maybe you'll you'll have time for the smaller rocks, which might be science, might be history, might be art appreciation. See, the, you know, and then... On top of that, you can throw in the sand, which might be recreational activities, which, you know, that's my shtick. And then even then you have more space for pouring in water. Mm -hmm. If you start with the put in the big rocks first, that's what he says. So you major in the majors Mm -hmm. and say, okay. And basically it's been around forever, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. I mean, that's what we all know instinctively yep. because those become the tools for learning everything else. Right, right. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to try to study, you know, science or social studies or, you know, nutrition, mm-hmm. which are all good things to study unless you have the foundation right. of the skills, you know, the tools for learning. Right, right. Which are those basics. So, right. You know, look look at that. And also a lot depends on the age of children too. Your expectation would vary greatly mm-hmm. between the amount of time you would get good concentration out of a nine-year-old right. as opposed to a 15-year-old. Right. Also, what you discover in generally most people find pretty quickly in the world of homeschooling, kids can be a lot more self-directed yep. than, than they are used to. In school, you kind of are used to go there and wait to be told what to do. Right. Whereas a homeschool, it's like, okay, here's your list of things. Um, start in on that. Let me know if you have any questions or problems. I'm yeah. going to go help someone else and I'll touch base with you in, a, in an hour or two. Right, exactly. And for a teenager, that's wonderful mm-hmm. because what they really want is to be responsible for themselves. Right. I, I love what you say to teens. How do you get your parents Oh, how do you stop being bossed around? Yes. Start bossing yourself around. Exactly. The only reason people tell you what to do is because you look like you don't know. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's such good advice. And they take to it so Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times parents are skeptical. Like, oh, no, I have to somehow be the teacher of all subjects for three different grade levels. Not true at all, really. You are there to help. But there are a lot of things that kids need, you know, a little bit of modeling, and then Mm -hmm. they go practice it for a while. Math is a perfect example. You you don't have to spend, you know, half an hour teaching a math lesson. Mm -hmm. You can show them one thing, and here's the problems, and then if you have a question, Mm -hmm. I'll help you through that. But mostly it's learn a little bit, 
go practice it, right? Yep, exactly. Talk, read a little bit and talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so there's that flow, that dance, if you will. Mm. Yeah, I like that. So you hit point three, which was focus on the big rocks. So just to restate, number one, just commit. Number two, set realistic expectations. Three, focus on the big rocks. I'm thinking about that one talk you do, culture, <laughs> curriculum, and care. So, and community. And, oh, so there's four seats. Yep, okay, so I just seats. missed one of the seats because I thought I didn't get them all. But community, I think, is, you know, also part of the big rocks. You know, being able to see your family as community and maybe establish relationships. I mean, I was just talking with a mom of boys that was just out in our lobby just a few minutes ago and talking about how what it was like raising boys. My boys fought and played fought all <laughs> the time. And you know what? They're best friends now. And that establishing community, just even within the family, but beyond that, but that brings me to my fourth point, fourth and last point, which is don't worry about socialization. So, Andrew, can you well, speak to that a little bit? Well, that's the biggest myth about homeschooling. It's true. And that is something that everyone kind of bandies about as a concern. But as soon as you get into the world of homeschooling, you realize this is not an issue at all. These kids actually have a, in almost all cases, an opportunity for a superior socialization in that they're spending time with a wider range of people, adults, children of various ages, both older and younger. And when you think about it, it's pretty unnatural to take a whole bunch of people that are exactly the same age and put them together and say, this is how you're going to learn social excellence, Mm -hmm. right? How do we learn social excellence is through a variety of circumstances and situations and opportunities. And so, you know, those of us who've been around for a long time, we can almost spot a homeschool kid without even knowing anything because he'll walk up to you and smile and introduce himself and shake your hand. And look you right in the eye. And look you right in the eye. Where did he learn that? Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have learned it from being with 20 other nine-year-olds all day. He would have learned it through the example of adults, older students being coached by a parent. This is how you approach someone who's older than you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a reason, a big reason why people do stay in homeschooling is not necessarily because of the academics or the ease or the time efficiency. You know what? I just want to point out, listener, Andrew said ease. It's not hard to homeschool. In fact, you may find that you're stealing some time from other areas, like dropping your kids off school and waiting in that parking lot to pick them up for an hour or so and finding that you have more time to do other things. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I did sneak that word ease in there. But (laughs) I think a lot of parents, when they look back, you know, they they commit till May, they -hmm. look back and they say, wow, one of the biggest reasons we should continue this is because our kids met such good friends in our co-op group or in our community of homeschooling in our church Mm -hmm. or sometimes a charter school network Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. supporting homeschoolers that way. And they say those are actually in a way, much better relationships. And there's really nothing that charms you more than seeing your teenager reaching out and really being a friend to a kid who's three or four or five or six years younger or vice versa, to see your younger child Mm -hmm. being 
appreciated and, and coached or taught or befriended by a, a child who's three or four or five years older. And so uh, it's just a, it's a socially more normalizing environment mm-hmm. in so many ways. So that fear that, oh, no, if we homeschool, my kids aren't going to have any friends. I personally don't know a single homeschool kid who has ever said that or had that feeling. <laughs> I mean, they may feel initially, oh, I miss being at school with all my friends. Sure. But very quickly, they're going to replace that with other and likely better relationships. Yep. Yep. Well, I did want to end this episode, Andrew, with some practical help that we can give to those that are ready to commit this September 1st. I can do this. Well, you are the the CMO. You are the marketing <laughs> master. So you control all things. I'm guessing you're going to give them some free stuff. I am. You're exactly right. You got it in one. So if you are interested, and this of course applies to anyone, whether you are a classroom teacher or a mom who's just doing, you know what, you know what homeschooling is, Andrew? Parent directed education, right? And if you're directing your children to be in school and to do what the teacher says and then help them with that, well, you're homeschooling, right? So here's a few tools for all of you who are homeschooling, whether you're doing it full-time or not. (laughs) Some free writing lessons from us, iew.com slash free hyphen lessons. And just so you know, you don't have to write these down if you're driving or walking or doing the dishes. We'll have these links in the show notes for you. Some grammar lessons, iew.com slash free dash grammar. Some poetry memorization, iew.com slash free dash poetry. Spelling, iew.com slash. Wait, let me guess. Free dash Spelling. I was just going to ask if you could see the pattern. Clearly, Andrew has caught the pattern. You haven't made it too hard for us. But this last one you won't get. You might get, Andrew, but I don't think our listeners will. Uh, Is phonics. If you have a early or beginning reader, iew.com slash free dash pal. Pal. Because pal is our... Primary arts of language. Right. And then one other resource I wanted to mention, just because we talked about this the last time we talked about new to homeschooling, is the importance of reading out loud, and that's our reading list. So if you go to the show notes, you'll see a link that will give you access to our recommended reading list. Just if you don't know where to start reading out loud to your children, um, here's some suggestions that Andrew and some of his friends have put together. And can we give a shout out to Sarah McKenzie? Oh, 100%. And read aloud revival. Great idea. She is one of the most encouraging, enthusiastic, inspiring. You can do this. Mm-hmm. And I saw she just recently put together this little calendar where you can check off every day that you read. What's the goal? Read out loud 10 Ten minutes minutes to your family. Yep, yep. Anyone can do this. And so uh, she's one of our our best friends here, very like-minded, and uh, has tons of resources that would be also helpful to new as well as seasoned homeschoolers or part-time homeschoolers or teachers, too, would benefit. Exactly, exactly. Readaloudrevival.com. That's good. So that's it. If you have any questions about how to get started homeschooling, um, just email us, info at IEW.com, or just call us. Our number is probably everywhere that you find IEW.com. So we are here to help you, whatever your educational journey. So thank you, Andrew. It's always fun. 
Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing. Would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.